0: Yeah, this is Pat from Down, and you're
1: listening to Rock and Metal Podcast. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
0: I'm Lee Gerstman. and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell.
1: So, here they are.
0: Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy.
1: I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes.
2: Hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck with...
0: Oh, yeah! yeah the actual Alcoholic Ian Wadley. What is that, a silent beer? Dude, I'm out of beer. We're recording on an off night. <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't have any beer. Poser. I know
2: all right so uh this week we're gonna do uh jim Hell hellbent for leather and uh we're in nashville now so we don't have time to do the news that's an excuse i'm actually doing this at home but it is airing while we're in nashville with our guest is gonna be there right that's right that's right the great brian davis from damn great good movie damn good movie memories yes sir and uh, it's a good one, dude. We went on too long, but it's so juicy and killer like a big, veiny cock that Rob Hoffer loves. Yum, yum, yum. And, and uh, yeah, it's a yum, yum, yum episode for sure. So uh, what do you say we get into it? I mean, we could talk about one little thing, can't we? Hey, talk, uh, oh, yeah, uh, I got something to say. Hey, uh, about the Nashville stuff, you know, donating shit, it's over. Wait till next year,
0: Right well this will be going it's already done, yeah, it's done. <laughs> by the time they hear this yeah you, you, yeah, miss, yeah, you no, missed you missed out
2: natural. and also I gotta stress dude that there's gonna be no more YouTube exclusives till we hit a thousand subscribers and it's only like I don't know a hundred or two hundred people left uh, yeah, it's less than a hundred people and we got thousands of people on our Facebook page so uh, if it reaches a thousand you're gonna get your exclusives back every single Wednesday Uh, so, uh, don't be like, uh, Andrew Jacobs, even though, even though he's subscribed, but I'm just saying personality wise, don't be a racist and subscribe to our, our YouTube channel. Right. Ian priest. Uh, You ain't talking to that much without beer.
0: Yeah, I know you suck. No motivation.
2: Your sobriety bothers me. Yeah, me too. Ah, you know. all right so fuck it i guess that's enough time here it is the hell bent for leather episode where i always start going all right now it's time to and the year is do i get the year right this year tune in, and i'll let you know in a couple seconds here we go all right now it's time to review the 1978 i
0: think right Well, it depends on where you lived. I lived lived when it was released in seventy-eight, and okay? Oh, well, then you must have been in the UK. Yes, I was. Bloody hell,
2: I was there. Yeah, 78,
0: October 78 in the UK, and February uh, 79 in the US.
2: Bloody yanks, always (laughs) like... Yeah, Hellbent for Leather, Judas Priest with the great Les Binks. My favorite drummer of Jesus Priest because I like to be countercultural. I like to be like all pissed off against people that like. Tra- uh, what's his face better, Travis Tritt. Uh, so, so I, I pick him. You know, actually, no. I think their best drummer was Alan Moore. How do you like those apples?
0: Wow, you're edgy. I'm yes. very edgy.
2: Actually, no, I'll even go beyond. Their best fucking drummer was the drum machine. I ram it down. There, there you go. So fuck you all. Drum drum machine. Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. Kiss. Kiss.
2: Oh, my God. Kiss. (laughs) Kiss, kiss, kiss. All right, and this is uh, a great <laughs> album because it's Judas Priest in the 70s, and I am not being countercultural when I say the best Judas Priest in 70s because I, I'm also into science, guys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. Judas Priest, Hellbent for Leather. Ooh, what a classic. Um, how I discovered this album? Fuck if I know. It's been too many fucking years. I know I got Unleashed in the East first. Then I got British of Steel was my second, and, and Sin After Sin was my third. I remember that. But I don't remember getting Hellbent for Leather, but it had to be around 81, maybe, 82. And uh, no, that's not true. I got, and this is going to sound really lame of me, I bought Hellbent for Leather after I saw them on the screen for Vengeance store because when they played. Hellbent for Leather. During the encore, when Rob Hoffer came out of the motorcycle, I was like, hey, what's this song? I don't know this (laughs) song. And it's like, Hellbent, Hellbent for Leather. Oh, look, it's the title track for that album. And I think that's what spurred me to buy this album. So I bought this album after 82. It might have been in 82. I believe I saw him in October of 82, around there. So um, I bought it. I know I must have bought it like either before 83 or the beginning of 83. And I absolutely loved it and even at that young age and even at that time. I was like man. I'm digging this, you know Sin after sin. I'm digging this help effort. I'm digging this, you know uh, Sad wings. I'm sick. Stig- I'm digging these albums more than 80s. and I love 80s priest up to that point Well, defendants, too but um, I don't know there's something about that 70s priest. I guess it's because it's more of an organic thing <sighs> You know I equate 70s priest to Deano, Maiden to. into uh, You know, uh, Dickinson Maiden or Ozzie Dio with Dio, uh, Ozzie Sabbath with Dio Sabbath. You know, I'm more of a, they all had that more of an organic feel where, you know, the 80s Priest, like starting with British Steel became really a different band. It was a little Mm -hmm. more precise, which is great. I love it. It's perfection, but I just had a little more affection for that 70s sound, you know? And, uh, yeah, I love it. And, uh, well, I'll take it over to Brian Davis.
1: <laughs> well, one, it's great to be back with the gruesome twosome, the yeah. legendary Dr. Fuck, and, of course, the hilarious and talented Wadzilla. That's right. I, me I, first. Yeah. Thank you for having me back, guys.
3: All
0: right. Yeah. Well, you paid for it. You
1: know? Well, that's the way I get <laughs> so. it. I,
0: I, I, I,
2: I, I was telling Ian, we got to get Brian Davis back. And Ian's like, let, him, let that fucker pay for
3: it. That's right. And that's I was right. like, "But that's
2: not cool, dude." Brian is really cool, and he said. And then Ian said, "Shut the fuck up." And I said, "Sorry, master."
0: Hey, hey we gotta milk you. You're like our listener with a good job. You bought three fucking episodes. Man. There you go. Right.
1: Checks in the mail, man. Checks in the yeah. mail. <laughs> but I got into Judas Priest um, during the Painkiller era because I was around 12 or 13, and this was when I started expanding into like hard rock and metal music and. What's funny is before this, I always thought Judas Priest was the same band as Nazareth because I thought the vocals in Living After Midnight sounded like hair of the dog. And I know we have you know younger listeners that, that listen to the podcast. And so this is pre-Shazam. You couldn't just hold up your fucking phone to wherever you were and get you know who that band was. If the radio disc jockey didn't mention the band, you had to assume things. And I obviously assumed wrong. But... Uh, to, it was the excellent compilation Metalworks, which I think came out in '93, that my uh, love, yeah, love that, that my love of Judas Priest really uh, took off, and it gave someone that's like a newbie a nice overview of their entire catalog. And from there, I just want to went on a you know a Priest spending spree, getting you know working my way through their discography. And so, what I always found fascinating, and, and I've never heard anyone mention this, is the similarity between 1970s, Priest and ACDC, because if you think about it, Sin After Sin, which came out in 77, is a lot like Let There Be Rock. And then Stained Class is kind of like Powerage. You know, both albums are kind of considered like the underrated favorites among hardcore fans. And then you have even kind of a greater rise with Hell Bent for Leather, and then that's kind of like what happened with ACDC and Highway to Hell. And then to me, the pinnacle is British Steel. And then just like with ACDC and Back in Black, the years match perfectly. Along with the similarities. And, and those are two of my all time favorite bands. And uh, I've always been fascinated how help
2: wait, weather awesome gets
1: kind of overlooked. Wait, wait.
2: wait, wait. Kiss is not
1: your favorite band? I know, I know. Kiss, yes, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Would hey, I hey, have to Ian, pay if Ian, I could kiss? Yeah, Ian,
2: did you hear how Brian Davis just brought the awesome with those comparisons? <laughs> I'm sucking your dick in fucking Nashville, bro. With, <laughs> awesome. with, with Ian's mouth.
1: I'll see if I get a kiss for. As long as I'm involved.
2: Well, I'll bring i bring the love gun
1: out. Good. It'll be a crazy, crazy night. That's
2: right. I'm gonna bring crazy, crazy nights and let you know how awesome Kiff
1: is. We'll be thrown in the asylum.
2: Oh my God, Kiff!
0: I'm gonna bang bang you. That's. Yes.
2: That's right. it have
1: really devolved. My way.
2: <laughs> there ain't no 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 in Nashville, baby. Yeah, real. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I can come back from this. <laughs> come
2: hell or high water, he ain't getting butt fucked
3: by you.
1: <laughs> like a thief uh, in the night. Thief oh, in the that. night. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but oh, I, finally, I got a reason to live.
0: Yeah. Wrong album.
1: That oh, shit. Uh, that killed it. Yeah. Fuck uh, it. I've I've always been going back to Hellbender for Leather. I've always been kind of fascinated how it gets overlooked because. To me, it's my second favorite Priest album, uh, wow. British Steel. Yeah, because Br- British Steel wow. is always the top. Um, but wow. yeah, And a lot of people always pick "Screaming for Vengeance," and as that much as I love that, yeah, I know. And but as much as me. I love, okay, that's fair. Uh, as much as I love that album, I think it has weak spots that are kind of overlooked because of specific amazing songs. And I don't think you get those weak spots on British Steel or Hellbent for Leather. The best
2: Lossy, that, that, Priest album is "Rock and Roll Over." Oh my God.
0: <laughs> now, I was gonna say like what you said about uh, even though I I, I should uh, clarify myself uh, screaming is not my favorite it, it's it's definitely in the top but what you just said about uh, screaming is how I feel about British Steel
1: mm, okay so so there's that yeah no you still, still want to fuck huh? I, I do and I'll still pay you for it so. all right Screamin sweet
2: for vengeance is an awesome album though Awesome. no absolutely it's not, full not of bad. awesomeness yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah, cool. You're done with that fucking amazing, amazing uh, thing you said there, Brian?
1: Yes. Oh, and I, advise... I wanted
2: to hear more, but fuck it. Let's go to Ian.
1: We got Kiss, so
0: that's
3: okay. Yes! Oh, oh, my God.
0: God. Uh, I'm trying to remember when I first got this. I think I was pretty late. uh to Hellbent for Leather Because the 70s I got pro- In 8th grade I remember I got Unleashed in the East And then I went back And got uh, Sin After Sin Was my first 70s studio album And then I got uh, Stained Class And it was a, It was a long time Before I heard Rockarola Sad Wings And uh, Hellbent for Leather Killing Machine Depending on where you live Um I like this one, but I would say, to me, it's a, it's a step down from the previous two. But you can kind of see where they were going, and I, I think what they were trying to do on this album worked better on British Steel. Because uh, you do see a little bit more commercial side here. And to me, I even though I, I, I love the album, uh, to me it doesn't have the bite that Sin After Sin... And uh, and staying class, staying class is my favorite Judas Priest of all time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but uh, I, I do like this. But I, I definitely think you see a transition here. And it took me a little while to get into this one, other than the you know the standards that I already knew. Uh, but th- there are definitely songs that grew on me, and some that never grew on me. But uh, I, I think it's it's an important album. Because uh, you need this, you know, to get to where they would go in the '80s. So uh, I, I think it's an important album, even if it's not my favorite.
2: And uh, we got the better title.
1: Hell, yeah. for leather, instead of Killing Machine. Yeah.
0: Well, 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 something something I didn't know till I was doing research for this because I I was always wondering, well, why was it Killing Machine and Hell Bent for Leather in the U.S. and found out that it was changed by the record company here in the states because there was that cleveland elementary school shooting yeah uh in in 1979 that happened in january and this got released in february so that shit was all in the headlines and that's the one uh where and it was a girl you know it was a rare girl school shooting and when they asked the chick why she did it, she said, I don't like Mondays.
2: Oh, that's that Boomtown Rat song. Yeah. yeah, yeah and that, that's that, that's that shit, yeah.
0: And, and, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of people think it's just like a funny, uh silly song, like a Friday I Am In Love kind of uh, bullshit, but it's actually, it, it's about like a crazy bitch about a mass murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw so, that uh, band
2: in Germany, you know, did you know? Really? Yeah, when I no. went to Germany, I saw... Check out this lineup. The Ramones, Talking Heads, and the Boomtown Rats. Wow. New wow. Year's Eve, 79
1: to 80. Nice. Mm-hmm.
2: And by the way, my favorite Judas Priest album is Rock and Roll all night and potty every day. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: This, uh, is great, this is the greatest kiss episode we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,.
0: But yeah, so I, I think it's a important album and, and the last one to feature, feature Les Biggs, which was another question I always had. Like, whatever happened to this guy, you know, and, and why, you know, he did such a killer job. Why would they get rid of him? And then it turns out that he quit the band over money issues mm. because they asked him to uh, not get paid for Unleashed in the East. They said, oh, can you just wave your feet? We can't afford to pay you for this. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. And that's why he left. And that's a bad move on their part. You yeah, know. very bad. Yeah,
3: you, know, you, know, you, know,
0: hey, you know, Dave Holland did you know okay for the albums he played on. Of course, he was part of the biggest era of Priest. But, uh, you know, he got replaced by Robbie the Robot. So what the fuck does that say? <laughs> yeah, plus he likes to, you know... He likes to fuck those slow kids. You know, that ain't cool. That's right. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, I saw a thing at, at, at work, uh, because I, I work at a college. The dean always posts, like, crimes around the campus so that, you know, students are aware of what's going on, because we have a lot of homeless shelters, actually, around the campus. So I saw a thing there that, that somebody was erased, arrested for simple rape. I've seen simple battery it's simple rape. I was like, what the fuck is simple rape? Is that when you rape a slow person? Yeah,
2: it's simple <laughs> because it's in a wheelchair. You can't fight Oh,
0: back. man. That's, <laughs> a, that's a terrible. I mean, we need to change the language on that one because it just doesn't. There's nothing simple about rape. And, and I guess unless you're Dave Holland. I don't, I don't know. I don't well, know. But I'll, I mean, in the guy's
2: defense, come on. Uh, his defense is the lawyers gave him. Uh, bad fucking uh, advice And he said he never molested the kid So I'm sorry I, I'm kind of like this person that's kind of like Hey man I always thought this guy Was a kiddie diddler And then you know I read all his shit before he died Or when he died He to, to his death he denied doing it Not saying he didn't But I can't say he did either because We all know there has been cases of lawyers Doing shit like that like Just say you raped a kid and we'll get, you, know, you won't get life You know what I right. mean Right. So there is a chance he didn't do it. So, uh, you know, and I am guilty of calling him a kitty diddler before I ever heard him say that because I never heard him deny it, but I never heard him say anything. Period. So. And
0: as we all know, the kitty diddled went on to play drums on Metallica's Saint Anger. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he's okay now. I'm sure he made some money on that.
2: Wow, I did not know that. Man, you're like, old- you're like Wikipedia. Dude.
1: He also wears yeah. the cat and makeup. Yes. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> oh my God, kef Oh my God. God kef <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right, guys. So, uh, Brian, why don't you take track one, Delivering the Goods, which reminds me of every single song Kisses wrote because they <laughs> deliver the goods. Oh my oh, God,
1: You know, Judas Priest always starts their albums with amazing opening tracks, and this is no different. I think Delivering the Goods and the Hellion Electric Eye is tied for my favorite album openers, and this is easily on my top five favorite Judas Priest songs, which which is saying a lot. And uh, Delivering the Goods is just relentless. You get the initial crashing of drums from Les Binks. And then you get the like the engine revving guitars from KK and Glenn, and this this song has you hooked from the beginning, and and then Rob comes in, just takes over, and his vocal phrasings are just so perfect. And for most of the song, he sings kind of like in his lower range, which sounds so cool. But then he'll bust out the soaring vocal lines like you know all across the land. You know, it's just it's fucking perfect. And and has one of the best drum outros in history. So if you didn't know Les Binks' first song, you get tons of Les Binks. And I absolutely adore this song. It's a perfect album opener. And uh, yeah, I I, I couldn't think of a better way to start this album.
2: Yeah, I agree. How about you, Ian?
1: Oh, fuck yeah.
0: I mean, this is a, a Priest classic. And one of the three from this album that survived in the setlist. What's funny is there's four singles from this album. And none of them survived in, in the set list, uh, but but this has, and it should be. I mean, fuck, I, I don't know. I think the album should be called Delivering the Goods, man, because that's. <laughs> oh my God, this is uh, a Priest classic, and this one, uh, it you know, it, this sounds like I can hear like some sin after sin, some some staying class on on this one, and and also what they would go on doing in the future. This is the the heavier, grittier side of Priest and uh, perfect example of why they're better than Iron Maiden. I love this fucking song. Yeah.
3: Oh my
2: god, right. Iron Maiden! <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> they're no Kiss, but they did open up for Kiss on the Unmasked tour. Oh
2: my god! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, man. Holy shit, this is a fucking smoker. And I do remember hearing this for the first time because uh, uh, that's one thing I do remember when I first put on this album, hearing that song. And at the time, I thought this was the best song on the album. But you guys are going to be surprised what my favorite song on this album is. I mean, very surprised. I, <laughs> I, I, I figure. But, um, oh, man. Is it Torpedo Girl? Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> that was ace.
3: Anyway, so... Uh,
2: Ace is awesome on a mast. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> Two sides, baby. Right, it's going to so, be the, the oh my god episode. Yeah, the
2: oh my god episode. We got throwing throw in maiden here and there. We, we can't we can't discredit the mating. Hi Nitro. Anyway, so uh yeah, and, and a little footnote about this song and I I personally think uh, that that EP from Skid Row um, oh, oh yeah. Where, besides, they covered, where they Besides ourselves. Up. I don't really like that, but I love when they did it on MTV Live. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see it on YouTube.
3: At yeah, the time, Halford was in, yeah, at was the in time, fight. Um,
2: yeah, he was in fight. At the time, this was like 92 or whatever, and Sebastian was like one of the best vocalists out there. You know, he was amazing. Slave to the grind era. But then he gets up on stage with Rob Halford, who's like fucking what, uh, you know, Sebastian's half his age. Rob Halford destroys him. You know, you yeah. can look you look at that footage. It's like, uh, Sebastian is great on it, but man, he's no match for that powerhouse, that you know, those lungs this motherfucker has, you know? Like when yeah. the song starts, it's like he's like, ay, 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 like screaming his ass off. And then them going back and forth, it's like, dude, it's like, he sounds like a bird, you know, compared to fucking Rob Halford, <laughs> you know? And, I
1: think it's on, uh, it's on Skid Row's home video, one of yes,
2: them. Yes, on yeah. Roadkill. On yeah. Roadkill, that yeah. version. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the solo gets a little fucked up in the MTV version, where the EP, it's, it's more solid. So, it's, you know, the EP has a good, a little good part, where, you know, too bad the solo got a little fucked up. I think, like, the, the chord came out or something. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and it was so cool. Skid Row covered this song. You know, it's like, yeah, you know. It was like, you know, and they also did... um. Oh, what's the song off the first Rush album? Well, um,
0: what you doing? What you yeah.
2: doing? I mean, they they threw out the the, the, deep, the deep tracks,
0: "Little Wings,"
2: pretty Psychotherapy.
0: Cool. Well, originally they wanted to do uh, "Heaven's on Fire," but Sebastian Bach couldn't handle the. Whoa! 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 Whoa!
2: Paul <laughs> oh Stanley my God. still can to this day. Oh my God, he's amazing. Paul Stanley's better today than ever.
1: Oh my God.
2: Oh my God. <laughs>
1: But they did do Murder in High Heels.
2: Yeah, Murder in High Heels. Now, you want to talk about a fucking underrated gem. Yeah. That's fucking
0: stairway to heaven material there. It's better than simple rape and Crocs. That's right. There's a B-side. Yeah.
1: Boy, we set you up perfectly for that one. (laughs)
0: Love
2: it. What's next? Rock Forever, right? Yep. yes, sir. Ooh, I love this one. I'm in love, so in love, but I can't stop thinking about rock forever. Very, very good. Um, you know, highlight for Rob Hoffer, You know, his vocal performance on this song, and you know, and this does. I mean, uh, like like Ian was saying uh, earlier, this I, album's a little more commercial, and mm-hmm. this one's one of the more commercial songs on the album, and. Uh, and you know, I mean, uh, I know you guys don't know this at the time, but then again, not, a lot of people weren't like me back in that day because I had such a great love for them saying rock in a song, you know. Uh, unlike today with rocking with the boys, but that's only because he's not in Kiff anymore.
3: <laughs>
2: but but um, you know, when you when I would hear rock or e- even more special metal, it'd be like whoa, metal, you know. But um. I just loved, you know, because believe it or not, if you really look back, uh, there wasn't a lot of songs that said rock, you know, back in those times. Maybe, you know, like, what, uh, Zeppelin, rock and roll.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'm talking about 78,
0: you know. There's not, not not a lot of songs that said uh, rock. Hello, rockin' in the USA. <laughs> rock and roll all night. All night, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. How <laughs> could I forget? <laughs> But, uh, and, you know, in uh, Cities of Flames with rock and roll. I, always, I was like, yeah,
0: rock and roll. But, rock hey, me gently.
2: That was later, <laughs> though, right? Who is that again? I
0: don't know. That was a horrible 70s. Rock me gently. Rock me slowly. Oh, what's that <laughs> other song? Hey,
2: kids, rock and roll. David rock Essex.
3: Da. Yeah. Rock, uh, Ooh, bro. my
0: soul.
2: Uh, but yeah, dude, I, I actually love this song. it's not your typical priest and yes, it is them getting out of the, the their wheelhouse at the time. Uh, it's no it's no sinner, you know, or, or heroes hero's end, you know, it's definitely different them going for and it was a really cool treat to like like what five, six years ago out of nowhere a fucking footage of them doing this song on some rock and the pops or whatever on YouTube. I was like, Whoo, look at this, I'm doing rock forever. And it mm-hmm. is a bonus track on uh Unleashing the East. Uh live version yeah. of it. Uh mm-hmm. I, I dig it a lot, man. I love it. How about you, Ian?
0: Uh not a big fan of this one. Uh this was the fourth and final single off the album. It was uh released with Hell Bent for Leather and a live, live version of Beyond the Realms of Death as the Beast. Um but this is kind of—I see what they're trying to do, but this isn't the—the the side of priest that—that uh, that I care for as much, you know. This is coming from a guy like parental Guidance. <laughs> uh,
2: I didn't go there, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I beat you to it. That's no, not no, no. Hit me on. I'm not falling for it, dude. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's not horrible, but I, you know, especially to me, coming after, you know. Fucking delivering the goods, you know. Like I want another hard hitter like that, and this is just kind of, I, I don't know, rock forever. It sounds like some shit Kiss would write. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's why it rules.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it,
0: it, it's not horrible, but to me, it's it's uh, the first example of Priest kind of maybe dumbing it down a little bit to to try to get on the charts.
2: I totally and, agree with you, and I and I do hear a little bit of you know record company on the song. But I, don't know, right. I, I guess right. because of the t- the timing, I heard it. I, I
0: just and and again, I don't know. I don't know if this was record company pressure or it was just the band themselves trying to do something. You know, because I mean, I mean, if you look back at at you know the four previous albums, those are pretty fucking hard. You know, for the seventies. I mean, that's really you know some groundbreaking shit that you know. And I've always wondered, you know, what, what were audiences thinking like, you know, when they're opening up for Led Zeppelin and shit like that, you know, when to hear shit as heavy as what you hear on Sad Wings, what you hear on Sin After Sin and Stay in Class, you know, that's really some ground. I mean, to me, I would compare that to what Metallica did in the 80s. It was so like, holy shit, next level heaviness where this is like taking a step back and going, hey. We could do dumb shit, too. You like this, kids? You know? And, uh... So, uh, again, it's not reprehensible,
1: but uh, definitely not a standout. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think... I, I understand, you know, because you follow up... How do you follow up a classic like delivering the goods? Because it's really tough. But to me, Rock Forever totally delivers. And the pun was kind of intended, but... Uh, Rob Halford just wails on this track because every time he sings the high notes, especially like on Forever, to me, it's perfect. Like, that's what sells me on it. I also love that you can hear bass work by Ian Hill on this. usually, Yeah, most of his playing is somewhat buried in in most of the Priest albums, but you can hear it perfectly on this track. And and man, the dual guitar solo, I think, is just perfect. And and this sort of song and many others of the albums are kind of lost classics that were never repeated in later albums with, with regards to the tone. And I think Rockford, you know, Rock Forever is definitely not a metal song. It's just a really terrific hard rock song from the '70s. I think it's a fabulous track. Uh, but I get what Ian saying that it sounds like recreational Pressure. But I love it because this is what I love about the '70s is this type of, of tone. I,
2: I, I love, yeah. I love the riff that like, da, the way it ends. Yeah, da, 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 and that you know that little riff that that Glenn does at the end of so that. It's like I, I just love the the guitar work on this song too. It's really and the way uh, Les bashes the drums toward the end of the song. I, I think yeah. it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's not. I will agree with it. It's not Judas Priest, but it's you know. But that's what that's why Judas Priest is better than Iron Maiden. Oh my God, because <laughs> they do songs like this that are not. You know, Iron Maiden is just fucking is one thing. You know, I mean, we're not talking Deano. You know, because mm-hmm. Deano had Prodigal Son, you know, but you know, that's as close as uh, Maiden got to be going out of the box. And I'm not talking about wasted love and shit like that. Um, they 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 did these songs that weren't your typical, and it's still, I mean, for me, it fucking worked. You know, Desert Plains, Turning Circles. You know, it's just not, you know, it's not delivering the goods. It's not sinner, but it's mm-hmm. still very appealing to my ears. And that's why I love the fuck it, this is why this band is way up on my list, you know, top three, definitely, or top three or top four of my all-time favorite bands, because they were a band that took chances and made it work for the most part, you know? Especially in the 70s, you
0: know? Oh, they're they're, they're a heavy metal snack pack, you know, because they got raisins (laughs) and they got apples and, like, Doritos all on the (laughs) same album. I mean, they mix this shit up, they really do, and you're absolutely right. Maiden never did that. Maiden would always have like a sound for the album, yeah, and 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 they would follow that, and you know, and hey, man, a lot of those sound great, you know, and other ones sound like Virtual Eleven, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but they definitely took more chances within the same album. So right. they, I mean, yeah. they, they they should be respected just for that alone, yeah. you know. Didn't didn't always work, but man, they always reached out, and I think there was a interview with KK soon where. I mean, recently, um, where he said they always had kind of an identity crisis back in that day. But, you know, because, hey, we'd go this way and then we would go that way. And, you know, you would hear that not only from album to album, but within the album. So, yeah, yeah.
2: I ordered his book. Uh, oh, with his... the autograph? I wanna yeah, get that. yeah, that one. Uh, 30 bucks, not bad. But anyway, I, I was like... um, I wonder if KK's going to mention in the book That he wore leather before Rob Hoffer Because <laughs> if you look at that stained class footage in uh, Japan When he was, you know, Rob Hoffer was dressed like Fucking uh, sheer heart attack Era fucking Freddie Mercury um, <laughs> KK was wearing leather You know wonder That's if he true mentions that, you know? And That's also- where most their uh, identity crisis Came really Is their, is their look
1: yeah, like the old gray whistle test when like he's yeah. wearing the giant hat and Halford's wearing like kind of the flowy '70s. You know? and I, yeah, and
2: I actually have this love for that look too. It's like, I love that satin look of the '70s. Rush turning over fucking twenty-one twelve as much as they goof on. I'm like, I love that look. Mm-hmm. Know, it's it's so of the time, you
0: know. Oh yeah. yeah, and also KK did the original solo on Sweet Pain, you know, before <laughs> before Dick Wagner and before Israeli
2: Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. All sort of uh, kiss
1: facts here.
2: All right, Brian, what do you think of Evening Star?
1: So this is exactly what I was alluding to when I was just kind of describing Rock Forever and how there's tracks on this album that sound so unique to this era of the band that were never duplicated. And Evening Star is just a terrific mid paced track, perfect arena rock riffs of the time. Halford goes back and forth between his like lower and higher ranges, and then he really hits the high notes at the end of the track. I love it. I love the quick, you know, dual guitar solos that kind of transition into in towards a kind of a, a UFO esque vibe. I like, you know, again, to me, this is 1970s presets finest. That my opinion. I, I know people love stained Class and Saint After sitting. I love those two, but. Um, this would be an amazing song to hear live now. And I think hardcore fans would be in awe if they busted it out today. You know, some might, you know, treat it as a bathroom break. I would just be amazed to hear uh, Halford sing this. Uh, what do you think, Ian? Uh,
0: yeah, it'd be a bathroom break, break if they played this because I'd shit my pants. i go, why are you playing Evening Star? <laughs> There's so much other shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, this is like two in a row I'm kind of eh uh-uh. But uh, another thing I, you know, I, I should state is, overall these songs aren't bad. Both of them though lose me in the chorus. Mm. I, you know, I find a lot of cool stuff going on in the verses and the riffs. I like that, but both these songs lose me on the chorus. Then when it goes, even star. It's it's a little too light in the fucking loafers. I, I like Priest a little bit heavier. Uh, well, I, I guess maybe it's just a particular song because there's a lot of light shit on a uh, point of entry that I totally give a pass to and that I love but this one is kind of uh eh, you know and this was a single too this one was the third single off the album mm-hmm. um and just uh you know the only time I would ever listen to this is is if I'm listening to this album you know what right. I mean I would I would never search this out but when I listen to to uh Hellbent for Leather you know it's from start to finish I I don't skip it but uh, man it was never one I would just shoot right for i would not shoot for this star (laughs) i'd rather hear that goddamn shooting star song by bad company that i never want to fucking hear again either but uh yeah it's, it's not horrible but again it's them trying something different and hey man i'm cool for a band that's done as much experimentation as priest has and the only one that really didn't grab me is nostradamus that's saying a lot yeah, You know, because usually I follow these guys wherever they go. Maybe not 100%, you know, but I, I get it. But, I mean, really, Nostradamus would be the only album that they put out in a long-stored career where I'm just like, well, I don't get this one at all. You know, even I mean, like, you know, there, there's, you know, the Ripper ones, I'm kind of, eh, uh But, you know, there's more songs that I like. Uh, I, I admire what they do. This one just, you know, doesn't land for me. But mm-hmm. they took a chance, so uh, i give them that What do you think, Ralph? Love it,
2: I love this fucking song I love how uh, the, I love the verses the, You know, the, you, know da-na, you know, the way the, the band combines with the vocals I, I love the chords because I just love his voice so much You know, and uh, one of my favorite singers I'd have to say The best metal singer ever hmm you know? <laughs> he is definitely the greatest metal singer and and i love those high notes i love how he does this shit and uh and i love the little mellow intro how he delivers that uh, there's just something so unique about rob Halford, man and uh and again you know i think this is where you know how kk's saying uh well they had identity identity crisis this is them trying to find their identity saying okay let's see you know and, and it kind of i mean I'll admit it doesn't like you know it's not like A home run in Judas Priest uh, Discography it's not like one of the Songs like oh Evening Star like I would point At like you know delivering the goods For example or even Heroes End to me is so fucking Underrated it's sickening but yeah. um, But it's a great song It's you know but it, it is Different again but it is More of the Rock forever uh, You know uh, kind of wheelhouse type thing, uh, but it's great. I think it's a really cool song. You know, it's, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites off the album, but it's definitely nowhere near uh, the worst on the album. W- there is one song I don't like on here, and mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be flabbergasted if Ian agrees with me on that one. <laughs> but um, but uh, love it, love this fucking song. All right, what's next? What's next, guys?
1: Hellbent for le- leather.
2: Hell bent for leather. Hell yeah! This reminds me. Uh you know uh when they re-released Creatures of the Night and on the on the back of the cover was Paul Stanley's ass and leather pants. <laughs> uh.
3: And I I,
0: I I told you about that. I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. I didn't know if I should be titillated or just Keep me coming, keep me coming. <laughs> That'll cost you thirty extra. No problem.
2: Uh. <laughs> Sweet little
3: innocent
2: girl. Da, 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 da. That is a great song, joking aside. Yep. Um Hellbent for Leather. Fuck me running. This right here is a Stone Cold Judas Priest classic. And it's so well structured. It's so well metaled. The fucking, uh, the, that, that kind of like, man, it sounds like fucking huge rocks falling off a mountain when, when the song starts,
3: you know? The...
2: The riffage comes in fucking Halfords delivery the band's delivery that fucking solo Tipton does Dude, you can't get more classic priest than hell-bent for leather. I mean this right here is the epitome of Priest right here. This is uh, a reason why this is always on the set list Yeah, it's it's the perfect Judas Priest song from beginning to end There's not one goddamn thing like it and Ian you better like it you son of a bitch
0: <laughs> oh fuck yeah! I love this. This this is a total fucking classic. Totally pinned by Glenn Tipton. Did uh, all the music and all the lyrics. And yeah, this one stands the test of time. One of the three that survived on the set list. And yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, can you imagine a pre-show without hearing this? I mean, this no. is to me, this is one that defines who they are uh, musically, lyrically. I, I mean, everything. It, it's priest through and through and uh, did i ever tell the story around here on the judas priest one about the the, the guy with the judas priest tattoo no re- oh my god so I, I'm, I'm partying in the quarter one night all fucked up and I, I closed down on this bar at like five in the morning the bartender's like oh i want to take you to this bar it's like a goth bar <laughs> i was like oh okay okay wherever you know whatever i'm following you and i'm fucking drunk as shit So we get to this bar, the sun's coming up and everything. All these people, you can tell they've just been partying all night or just getting off work and they're ready to party. I started talking to this guy. He goes, hey, man, you like Judas Priest? I was like, fuck yeah, man, I love Judas Priest. He's like, check this shit out. And he stands up on his bar stool, pulls down his fucking pants, and (laughs) his whole left ass cheek has fucking Rob Halford all in leather with a mic. And I'm just like freaking out because I just met this guy and he's got his ass right in my face. I'm like, did she say goth bar or gay bar? And all of a sudden, like, I'm looking around to see where the fuck I am because I'm drunk as fuck. It's like six in the morning and this guy's showing me Rob Halford tattooed on his ass. And uh, but, but man, I, I can't help it now. Every time I hear Albert for leather, I see this guy's ass and I still love it. I still love it.
1: Is this before or after Halford came out? Seriously.
0: Oh, 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 oh! This, this was after. This okay, was after, yeah. and, and then, then, uh, you know, I remember talking to her. You know, like after that, I was like, "Is, is that guy gay?" Because he all had his ass in my face. Like, no, but that motherfucker loves Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that's cool. You know, <laughs> I don't care either way. I just want to know in case I run into him again." <laughs> but uh,
2: I have a similar it, story of uh, the gay bar. Oh here. yeah, yeah. Um. There's a bar here in South it's still there it's called a seagull and I've been in the seagull many times and uh, one day I went there to have a beer and I'm sitting there, and I'm seeing like nothing, but Lesbians and gay people and I'm thinking wait wait, wait, wait. This shit turned into a gay bar now at that moment The seagull was about three blocks away from my dad's hardware store where I was working at at the time and I was so petrified to walk out of the seagull and have somebody see me <laughs> that I went out the bathroom window <laughs> and I hit my head on the fucking concrete. I busted my head. I mean, I, I bled a little bit uh, cause I, and, and I, I jumped out and, you know, it's a dirty ass alleyway. And I climbed out the window, and I slipped and hit my head on the concrete. But that, hey, nobody that, saw me walk out of a gay bar.
3: That, that's
0: a name for a gay bar—the dirty ass alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's I right up that. there with the toolbox and the manhole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the hey. blue oyster. And the blue oyster bar. That'd be great. That music played as Ralph coming out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that used to perfect. be my
0: ringtone forever. And it, it would be so funny, like when my phone would ring. And, like, people would either, you know, they, you'd have to know Police Academy, but they'd either start laughing or just look at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> Greatest and, and intro. Thing.
2: Funny enough, when when I hit my head in the alleyway, the, the, the intro to fucking Hell Bat for Leather was going through my head. <laughs> it was brutal. Another little side note I used to go to a. A club down here called the Treehouse that found out later that Rob Halford co-owned. I didn't oh, wow. know this. Yeah, he owned a, a rock club down there. I saw a lot of bands there, a lot of cool bands. John Sykes played there, and uh, Anthrax, and all you know. But anyway, um, Rob Halford was always there, and I never got to meet him. You know, and yeah. I met him when he was in Fight. But the funny story, and I do believe this, um, it was a friend of mine. This is 1980. Three or 84. This, this is when they were recording Screaming for Vengeance down here. Or maybe it was Defenders. And uh, he was taking a piss in the urinal. And Rob Hoffer uh, hit on him then. And when he told me that back then, dude, Rob Hoffer hit on me at the treehouse. It was fucked up. And uh, and I know the guy's a priest fan. I was like, so how do you taste? Yeah. Uh, I didn't do anything. I, was like, I don't know about you, man. I don't know, man. I love Rob Hoffer. Fuck it. I'll take one for the team, I'll yeah. take one for the priest. Dun, but, uh, dun, dun,
1: dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pitching. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, if Hoff-
2: you look
0: down. Rob Halford
2: did hit on a friend of mine, and uh, he called owned the Treehouse. Yeah, so uh, a couple little things. Anyway, Brian, what do you think of Hell Bent for Leather?
1: Yeah, so this is easily the best known track on on the album, and uh, as you as you guys mentioned still played live today how can you not hear this song and not imagine you know rob coming out on his harley i mean it's just it's a it, you both said it, it's a fucking classic it totally embodies what judas priest is all about and, and the pre-chorus where rob's layered vocals you know the the manny who try you know the, it's just mesmerizing and, and then the songs like transitions into this fabulous quick guitar solo and before you know it the song's over i mean this song just lends itself to repeat listening because there's so much going on in it and it's just two and a half minutes long you might miss some amazing little touches in this classic it is truly a, a, a priest classic
2: fucking amazing song all right why don't you take the next one take on the world
1: all right, so this, I think, is an obvious attempt at Priest trying to be Queen, you know, come up with a Queen-style anthem. And I always thought Take On The World should have actually ended the album. And the song that actually ended the album, which we'll, we'll get to, uh, should have ended side one. Uh, again, Les Binks's drumming here really gets a shine. It's put up front in the mix. It really stands out. And this is an album already full of classics. It's easy to forget about this track. And, uh, but this easily could have been a big radio hit, I think, if, if stations were willing to kind of take a chance on hard rock music at the end of the 70s, which was not um, a good time for hard rock music. And uh, this is an interesting track because it's one of the few Priest songs not to have a guitar solo. And if anything, the, all the guitars in general are just kind of buried in the mix. And uh, no, it's an interesting song. I like it, uh, but again, I think it should have ended the album. But just kind of the way the 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 flow of the album went. Uh, what do you think, Ian?
0: Uh, well, it's tied for my least favorite track on the album. Okay. Uh, reminds me of United, another mm-hmm. one I don't like. That's kind of in the similar vein. And yeah, they even admitted that this was their take on trying to do a We Will Rock You, and uh, but said the lyrics were written about Andrew Jacob's wife <laughs> taking on the world uh, one glory hole at a time.
3: Oh, that uh, racist. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she's not. <laughs> uh, it, dude, her mouth looks like a Benetton ad. There's every color of the rainbow in that mouth. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, th- this one... Uh, really doesn't do a lot for me, but it was successful in the UK as a single. Sold 400,000 copies, uh, had Starbreaker Live as a B side. And oddly enough, to show you how it crossed over and how it was popular, the Human League covered this on their wow. first tour. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't imagine the Human League doing this. No, do
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. Right. Right, but but it was that kind of it had that kind of crossover appeal that even a new wave band was like, oh fuck, uh, we're doing this one. Uh, not horrible, you know. It's nothing that okay, I gotta skip. But again, definitely uh, not the priest that I would, you know. And it's it's funny because I became a priest fan with one of their most commercial albums, Turbo. Uh, but as I became more of a priest fan, that's definitely. My least favorite side of theirs is when they try to go for that commercial thing, man. I, I love it when they're unabashed metal, uh, you know, is my my favorite era. So, uh, not my bag, but it, it did do good as the second single from the album. So, there you go. What do you think, Ralph?
2: It's not my bag either, Daddy. <laughs> um, this is my least favorite song on the album. I don't really hate it. I can't go as far as th- throw hate. Uh, but, yeah, you know, compared to everything around it Because, you know, spoiler, there ain't another bad There ain't a bad song in this album Except for this one, it just And, you know, and, and unlike Ian I think they got it right on the next album Because it definitely is uh, United Part 1 mm-hmm. You know, United, I fucking love this God damn, do I love this But uh, this one, I just, I don't know, I'm not feeling it And it does have kind of that I don't know, like what you were saying, Human League. Human League was from the UK, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it does have that kind of British flair to it. Uh, There's a British feel to it, and uh, but uh, not not really into it, man. You know, I mean, so much better on the album. But uh, I do agree with Brian. I think this would have done well as promoted as a single. Not every single on the radio I liked, but I can see this be kind of crossover for them. Uh, you know, the We Will Rock You vibe And, you know, it probably could have worked But yeah, I'm not really You know, you know whatever uh, yep. I- I'll flip the album over um, Burning yep. Up I don't like the way this song builds up It's like, goddamn, get to the song already uh, But fuck do I love this song This song, I love that We got to make a love The time is right We got to make a love tonight you got me tied up. Oh man, it's so fucking vicious. Yeah. And you know, and it has a commercial flair to it, but it's it's dirty, it's nasty. I can just imagine getting fucked up the ass by a big veiny cock. (laughs) Fucking awesome. I love burning up. John Bush does a great version of the song.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, with Whitfield Crane.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. He is on. It's a
1: duet. It's a duet. What's this on?
2: Uh, the, the, to me, in my opinion, the greatest tribute album ever, the tribute to the gods.
0: Um, oh, I got that, but I've, well, I've never listened to it. I
2: don't know if it's on the American version, is it? I don't know. Because my buddy that was in, in, the, in the Navy was stationed in Japan, and when he was there, he bought me the double version.
0: Yeah, I've, I've got I've got one, too. I, I need to check that now. I need to hear that shit. Oh,
2: yeah, he does a great job. But, you know, I mean, I still think this version is the best version. Oh, sure. Great fucking song. I, I love uh, burning up, and you know the the way it breaks down. Yeah. You know, when it gets all mellow, and the way you know Rob sounds so menacing. He sounds like you know a guy in a men's room hitting on somebody at the treehouse here in Florida. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, we need to get that thrown in. <laughs> okay, I'll throw that in. Cool. But uh, yeah, dude, uh, uh, a a definite underrated dark horse classic. Definitely the most underrated track on this album. Um, not my favorite one, though. My favorite song's coming up, but this oh. one is fucking amazing. I actually love Burning Up. What do you think there, Brian?
1: Yeah, I'm right with Ralph. I think this is an amazing song. Underrated classic, in, in my opinion. Uh, here's another one of those 70s priest tracks that has a sound and vibe that was never repeated. And I love how the track has kind of a funky, groovy vibe to it. When and you, you never hear anyone say funky and groovy for a pre-song, but that's just what this song is. And how and Rob or uh, Ralph mentioned it. Rob Halford's vocal tone on this track is so killer. He's got a rasp, but then he can immediately transition to like the soaring vocals with an entirely different octave range. He is so amazing on this track. It's a shame to never at least tried to to attempt another kind of funky song like like this. And it's a type of track that, this is why it may, it's one of my favorite Priest albums. Because no Priest album, I think, is more diverse without also alienating their hardcore fans for trying new things. Because you, you think about Point of Entry, that comes to mind, they tried something different, but people had the opposite reaction. They didn't with Hellbent for Leather. If anything, it just kind of built up the momentum to British Steel. So, yeah, absolutely adore Burning Up. Definitely check out the, uh, the the tribute version with Bush and Whitfield Crane. I'm sure it's on YouTube. But, yeah, Ian, what do you think?
0: Well, I, I'm looking at it now. Is that it's credited to Doom Squad?
3: Yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Okay,
0: okay, okay, that's why I didn't know it was them. Okay, I'll have to check that out, man. Yeah. Uh, well done. I, I do like this song because the, the, it's so fucking different. And so weird, but you know, Ralph turned me out to something different. I didn't know he was saying Mick love tonight. I thought he was I thought it was like a beer commercial. He's talking about a Michelob Light. Right. <laughs> because I, I want I no Michelob <laughs>
3: Light.
0: Uh, but no, I love how it's. Fun. what I really love is like the breakdown part yeah, where it goes into that guitar solo and shit, man. Because it, it's that's a whole nother 180 in a song full of fucking 180s. Uh yeah, definitely some experimentation down, you know, in this one. And hey, we were all in college, you know, even community college counts, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I dig burning up. This, this is where I think trying something a little bit different works. But I, I, I don't see this. They're, they're, to me, it's not commercial. It's just them doing something weird. And, and and to me, man, it definitely works on this one. I love me some burning up and some Michelob Light. Uh, and,
2: and, you know, and, and the intro, I mean, with that whole build-up, yeah. is actually the same intro that Exciter from um, Unleashed in the East. If you listen, it's the same thing.
1: Oh, you
3: know, that's they true. Use,
2: they use the intro to Burning Up to build up to Exciter, but this one, it just takes so long. Yeah. It's kind of like the same problem I have with Descendant Aggressive. I don't like these long fucking intros. Just get into the goddamn song. Or make the intro like 10 seconds like I did on Unleashed on East. It's the only problem with burning up. It just took so long for it to kick in.
1: Yeah, because it sounds like almost silence. And, and like, Unless you're really listening. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. It's too, it's too quiet. Yeah. No,
0: I, I noticed that when I was listening because I was, I was in the kitchen listening to this, like doing dishes and like, uh, Take On the World ended it. I was like, what's up with my phone? <laughs> why why, why is this playing? Uh, then it kicks in. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, but uh, I'll take the next one, which uh, initially only the Yankees got. And that is their cover of Fleetwood Max, The Green Manalishi with the 2 prong crown. And holy shit. What a, uh, y- you know, for fans of Judas Priest, it would seem so weird that, uh, you know, Green Manalishi is a Fleetwood Mac. I think probably a lot of fans back in the day had no idea. Hello. But if they they did, you know, you know, immediately they hear Fleetwood Mac, you know, you're thinking of like Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, go your own way kind of shit, you know, but fucking, you know, Fleetwood Mac has had like as many versions, uh, you know, of that band as there is of Rat. In fact, I think there is a Bobby Blotzer's Fleetwood Mac touring somewhere (laughs) at the county fair. Uh, (laughs) But I am a huge Fleetwood Mac fan of all theirs particularly the Peter Green, the bluesy era. Yeah. And I, you know, I love the original, you know, and I, I grew up because my dad was a big uh, fan of the, you know, the first incarnation of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, but they really took this and made it their own. And I, I love when somebody does that with a cover. But I, I'm also sometimes with the cover, I want to hear like oh the same thing, but maybe with just a different singer or something. But other times, man, I want to hear you change it up and, and add your own flavor to it. And they definitely did that with this. I mean, they turned this into a Judas Priest song. Yeah. Uh, and, and I believe I, I've read that even Peter Green loved this version. Uh, so that's amazing in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the three that, that has stood the test of time, along with Helmet for Leather and Delivering the Goods. That's been the only standard in the set list. None of these other songs have really been played since that tour. I mean, maybe once or twice, but some I I doubt even... I I would venture to say that there's a good amount that wasn't even played live ever. But uh, Green Man Alishu, just in-fucking-credible, and uh, that's another one. I can't imagine a pre-show without hearing this. I know they dropped it for a couple of tours, but I'm always glad to see when it comes back, because... I mean, to me, it is a pre-song. They, they, you know, it's like what Van Halen did with uh, You Really Got Me. I mean, yeah. they, they, they took it, made it their own, and, you know, now definitely when I hear this, I think priest <laughs> before I do Fleetwood Mac. Yep. And uh, incredible. And uh, it, it's it's such a standard that now, uh, after it was released in the stages as Hellbent for Leather, and then when it was redone, even in Europe, they added this onto it because it wasn't on the Killer Machine version, but even now on Killer Machine version, which it's still called in the UK, uh, they do have this track on there, and for good reason, man. It's fucking killer. It well, thanks belongs, for the info, of. Terrence. Okay, bye.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not
0: bashing you. You're just
2: bringing, you're bring. You're You're bringing the sponge log, uh, uh, logic. I
1: Broken like it, knowledge. you son
0: of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on. Oh,
1: yes. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much mirror everything Ian says. With the exception of the atrocity that is Johnny B. Good. Priest was pretty amazing with their coverage song choices. And and there weren't that many, but when they did it, they did it right. And uh, as much as I I like the original version... With Peter Green. This is the definitive version of the Green Manalishi. And honestly, I think that most people, as Ian said, like, think this is a priest original because it's so amazing. And even the the, the version on Unleash in the East is tremendous. And, uh, I think the other interesting thing about Priest's version is that musically, it's pretty much the same guitar-wise, but maybe it's a little bit beefed up, but I think what really takes it home is Rob Halford. Rob Halford is just singing his ass off. Nobody can sing like Halford, and, and to me, that's what takes it home. That's why I, I, many people, I always thought this was uh, a Priest original, and I'd heard of the Peter Green era of Fluid Max, so then when I checked it out, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, but I was like, it's not that much different except for the vocals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's a dark song even for Fleetwood Mac
0: for that era. Sure, you know, it, it was it was a you know a more menacing song where the rest of the stuff that they did back then was more straight up English you know version of American blues, but this right. had a little. This was sinister for even them. You
3: yeah, know. And,
0: exactly. and and, and, and it, it shows great insight by the band to pick this.
1: You know, like, hey, we could do something with this, you know? Sure, because people were picking, like, Stop Messing Around or Oh Well or even Black Magic Woman. But, yeah, no, like, Green Manalusia hadn't really been touched and and Priest made it their own. Ralph.
3: Yeah,
2: what can I say? Fucking classic. Uh, Though, you know, Timeline's everything. When I heard this, I was like, wow, this is really slow, you know, compared to the Unleasing the East version, which to me is a definitive version of the song. Mm-hmm. uh when they when they re-recorded this with ripper they did it like the original uh version of "Help and for leather slow but you know what man as time went by just like dude i mean i had i had the same reaction to the ripper when i heard ripper for the fourth time i was like god damn this is slow
1: yeah it sounds uh, weird
2: yeah but then you know as years go by there's this charm you know like <laughs> Not to bring up a band, but there was a long time. I preferred Alive 2's version of God of Thunder
3: than Destroyer. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, my God. But then, listen to the Destroyer version. It's like, boy, that, that shit has this charm that Alive 2 doesn't have. I yeah. probably still do prefer Alive 2 a little more, but the slowness. There's something cool about shit being slow. When I was younger, no, I, you know, I just didn't really... Uh, enjoy see, hearing my songs that I've been used to fast slowed mm-hmm. down. But now, you know, as I get older and slower, uh, mm. I, I, uh, I appreciate this version a lot.
3: And, for uh,
1: for Victim of Changes, which one do you like better?
2: Uh, dude, let me put oh, it this unleashed. way. Unleashed. Yeah, uh, let yeah. me put it this way. Everything on Unleashed, I think, is better than the studio okay. versions. Mm-hmm. But, but I still, there's not one studio version of any song on Unleashed I don't absolutely love. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're all great, studio and live, but I admit it took a little getting used to, you know, when yeah. I first heard those. Because I own Unleashed in the East fucking, whoo, years, like maybe three to four years before I ever heard, you know, the original versions, you know. Right, right. But, um, yeah, dude, uh, it's definitely a classic. And, yes, uh, I, I other than Johnny B. Good, you mm-hmm. know, uh, they did, uh, dude, Diamonds and Rust. Oh, yeah. You know, then they, you know, they did it later with Ripper, which is amazing. They did the original version, but mm-hmm. I, dude, I'll still take that Priest version, the more electrified version. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know, but even
1: so- uh, better by you, better than me. Great Spooky Tooth cover.
2: Yep. And again, Spooky Tooth, Diamonds and Rust, uh, Green Manalishi, all of them I thought were Priest originals. Every single one of them. Yep. So it wasn't until much later I found out they were covers. I was like, what? But um Yeah. Uh, great, great cover. And uh, the next song is uh, Killing Machine, right? Yep. Brian, why don't you take Killing Machine?
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, this is what, if you were in the UK, this would have been your title track. And uh, to me, it sounds like kind of a, a precursor to Metal Gods in a, in, a, in a kind of a subtle way. Because the drumming is kind of similar and the guitar riffs are very chunky. You know, you kind of got that vibe. Uh, to me, this is killer filler. I, I, it's sort of buried on the album at track eight. And uh, it's sort of easy to miss, but I think it deserves your attention because it's a killer song. No pun intended. It's got another funky vibe to it. You think, uh, And this, I think this is all because of Les Binks' drumming, uh, who, again, deserves major props on this album. And it's really too bad they kind of, you know, they were cheap asses with, um, you know, keeping them in the band. Because imagine how, you know, British Steel, Screaming for Vengeance, like how those albums would have sounded with Les Binks. You know. Imagine imagine what Turbo and Rabbit Down would sound like with a drummer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, all that, you know, it's really too bad. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if Ian mentioned. What did he do after Judas Priest, Les Binks? Kiss!
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Besides kiss.
0: I'll tell you what he didn't do. He didn't fuck children with Down syndrome.
1: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That we know of, but Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, those kids just had epilepsy. That's right, yeah. Different exactly. charge. Stop shaking.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're going to make me come too quick. <laughs> well, on that note, Ralph, what do you think of Killing Machine?
2: Love it, man. I got a contract on you. Da-da-da-da. 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 Yeah, it's a good little fucking grinding tune. Yeah, I never thought of the male gods comparison, but you're right, bro. And uh, yeah, it's a good cranking tune. A video for it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I love this song. I mean, like I said, I love every song on the fucking album. But uh, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, I guess I would. It's odd to call this a filler since it was a title track on the album. But yeah, I'd put this like, you know, with, uh, you know, your Evening Star and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, it, even though it's much heavier than that. Yeah. this is more heavy metal priest there's nothing commercial about this song yeah. but uh i just love the grinding attitude to it and it's a song about uh hitman you know kind of like what well, killing is my business business is good you know part one uh love it fucking great what do you think dude? uh
0: well this is where i school your asses <laughs> uh this isn't a fucking filler this shit is just straight up killer Mm-hmm. Uh, like you were saying, Brian, you know, like you would go shit if they played Evening Star where other people would piss. Yeah. Well, if they played this and I had to piss, I'd sit there and piss my pants. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, fuck, I ain't missing... Uh, no, don't depend. I'd I piss wherever. Uh, <laughs> I-, I fucking love this song. I, I think this is a great... Uh, I-, I guess it would be considered an album track just because it doesn't get as much attention, but I think it deserves attention. I think it's far better then the commercial attempts on this album. This is priest being priest, and I, I fucking love this one. This and I was thinking today while I'm listening to, it, I was like, man, for them to throw this in the set list, I would go fucking ape shit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you know, I I absolutely love Killer Machine. I think it's and it's worthy of a fucking uh, title track. I mean, yeah, you couldn't go wrong with calling this Helmet for Leather or delivering the goods, but. Killer Machine ain't far behind, man. I love this track. Yeah. All right. Well, then we go into Running Wild, which, like the last song, Killer Machine, again was solely written by Tipton. Wrote all the music, all the lyrics. Uh, man, I I love Running Wild. Uh, now, to me, this is—I don't know if I call it killer filler. I think it's it's slightly above that, but I would definitely call it an album track. But it's. It's priest doing the priest that I love. Uh, And I know, Ralph, you always compare this to, uh, what's the Maiden song? Wicker Man. Wicker Mm. Man. Oh, my God,
2: Maiden. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They have the mascot. He's the mummy. Uh, uh, Compare. Come on. It's a blatant ripoff.
0: Well, I love both songs. But, I mean, if I got to pick one, of course, I'm picking Running Wild uh a great one another one i think would work well in the set list
3: yeah and
0: and and true priest fans if they heard this uh would go ape shit the hopper
2: did throw it in his set list in his solo band
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 for good reason i mean it's 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 a deep track uh but it's something if you follow this band you know it and you love it it's priest through and through that's why it works you know, uh, I'm
2: almost positive. I'm almost positive this is on the current set list.
0: Wow. Is
3: this yeah, one on firepower. there?
2: Yeah, I'm okay. almost positive. They threw it on, like, later, yeah.
1: Nice.
0: Well, there you go, man. Just shows you how well this could work. I mean, it's, uh, this is one of those ones, no matter what air or style Priest is in, fits perfect. I could see this on any tour that they did. You could throw this in the mix. And it would make sense. It would work. I mean, it's just priest through and through. I absolutely love it. What do you think, Ralph? Best
2: lyrics on the album. I move as fast as I can. I like to get around. I'm crazy like a madman. My feet don't touch the ground. Fuck yeah, dude. This song rules. My second favorite song on the album. No chains can hold me down. I'll always break away. I never hear society tell me what to do or say. I taste alive that pleases me, and raise the storm for all the world to see. Come on, dude, can't get no fucking more awesome than that unless it's <laughs> him. Oh, it <laughs> oh my God! It's right.
1: Oh my God!
2: <laughs> but running wild, holy shit, what an amazing fucking song! Yeah. Again, you know, at least this is my first Priest album, greatest Priest album. Greatest second track on the album. This should have yes. been track too, on fucking this album. Yeah. This this song just smokes, man. Nothing filler about it. This is like, a, I, I you know, my only complaint is the placement on the album. It shouldn't be so late in the album. It's yeah. a good, it's a good uh, early early track. Like like riding on the wind, you mm-hmm. know, rapid fire. It's got that vibe that you know. Let's keep the momentum going and running wild is Fucking amazing. My second favorite track on the album. And uh, what's the next song?
1: No, I got to do this one. <laughs> oh, you got to
3: do it. All right. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm sorry about it. Okay. No, well, fuck yes. This is uh, this is an amazing song. And and like Ralph said, it is a perfect follow-up on unleashed in the East from Exciter. So you go from Exciter to Running Wild. It's great. And Ralph also mentioned, to me, this is also the precursor to what would be like Riding on the Wind, which was on Screaming for Vengeance. Uh, running wild and the song Hellbent for Leather are just barn burners, and, and metal fans just eat it up. I love it. Interesting, I think the the kind of the pre-chorus, the layered vocals, sounded a similar to delivering the goods. I think it sounds awesome. I mean, you know, why why mess with something that works so well? And I just love this song. Love the screen that fades out to the song. So killer. Like it. it You have to really listen for it, but it is so good when he kind of does his last Running Wild and and Halford just lets it go. It is so good. Uh, Ralph, take the next song.
2: Well, as I said, Running Wild is my (laughs) second favorite song on the album, and I also have to say it's the best heavy song on the album, but my favorite track is this one, dude. Before the Dawn is one of the greatest ballads ever written. And definitely in this metallic metal, heavy metal, yeah. fucking, uh, you know, juggernaut of an album. The ballad is my favorite song on here. There's just something so perfect about the song, the solo, the delivery. Rob talking about how a guy left him. It's so beautiful. It's And, and it really does have this great feel. No drums. It's Is there drums? Can't even remember. I don't think so. But anyway, oh my God, best song on the album for me. And shit, if I was to compile my favorite Jesus Priest songs, this would definitely make my top 10, maybe even top five. I absolutely love Before the Dawn. And this is something they should play live. You know, bust out the acoustics and do this song, because uh, vocally, it's not hard to do. I can even sing this song. I sang this song on karaoke once. Um, it, it's it's just beautiful I just love everything about this song I love the little acoustic playing During it and the way yep. Rob delivers it It's just perfect This is like a perfect ballad One of the greatest ballads ever written uh, You know this isn't just a boy
3: <laughs> oh, oh my god, god. Oh, oh my god, my god.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah that's what I think What do you think Ian Oh
0: god <laughs> Uh, yeah, pass. Uh, you know, I, I was gonna say this was tied with Take On The World, but no, I gotta say this is my least favorite song on M. Uh, I, I see this one, like, when we just did Technical Ecstasy, you talked about She's Gone. Like, it, it's just, like, so, like, so sappy and so pussy. You know, you're just like, uh, no. That's how I am with this one. I really do not like this song. But... I, I think Rob did another version of this song that I think nailed it and it was on his second solo album on the second Hawford album uh, called in the morning right. and that song every time I hear it I mean it's it's kind of like you are with fucking uh, Daniel's song like could bring me to tears and I don't know why but it just like hits me a certain way like really it hits me emotionally. I think it's it's so fucking beautiful and so great where this one I just find really sappy and tripe and I do not like this song. And I don't even know why I even thought about it being like tied for take on the world, because I'd, I'd rather take on the world a million times uh, over this song.
1: I do not like it. Not a fan. What do you think, Brian? So who's going to be the tiebreaker here? I'm going to be the tiebreaker. Uh, yeah, I'm with Ralph. Some people. Of course you are. Sorry. (laughs) You know, some people pick Beyond the Realms of Death as like the best priest ballad. I get that. But to me, Before the Dawn is my favorite it's a beautiful song. Judas Priest fans I think non Judas Priest fans would like likely love this song. The emotion from Rob Halford's voice Rob Halford's voice is just perfect. I mean, to me the hair stands up on my arms every time I listen to it. And not to be all done, the guitar solo is equally perfect and emotional. You know, I love the the acoustic background that's playing when the solo is going. It's it's excellent. To me, Before the Dawn is what makes this album the album to check out if you're into rock, but not necessarily metal. It's a great ga- gateway drug and a priest. I think it's an absolute beautiful song. I first heard it on Metalworks. Always loved it. I love this. And when the night comes down and, and just stuff like that. And yeah, I'm not, I know Ian hates, uh, Ian hates ballads and uh, I, I get it, but no, hey, I,
0: I, I love when the night comes down.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, but no, I, I love before the dawn. Uh, Ian, why don't you take evil fantasies? All right, Evil Fantasies. A weird way
0: to end the album. Yeah. Uh, But I dig this song. To me, it kind of reminds me of Burning Up, uh, where where it has a weird song structure. Uh, There's just something different about it, but I like it. And even though I say it's a bad way to end the album, in a way, it's a good way, because it doesn't sound like the end of the album. So when it's done... You want to hear more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it just like, like you're just about ready to nut, you know, and like, ah, uh, ah, uh, oh, shit, it's over? Ah, oh, fuck, I needed that one song, you know, to fucking push me over. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I dig it. I just think it, it, it's a weird song, but then again, I, I get why it's the last one. But I, I don't hate it. But it is, there, there's something different about it. But I, I like the subject matter, you know? Very evil
1: and homoerotic, and hey, that's cool, you know? Yeah, it. definitely definitely new meaning once Halfer came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, no, it, 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 it's, it's a cool track, man, just because of the weirdness of it.
0: But it fits on this album, because the album is all over the place with different styles. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would have to say, you know, as the album comes to a close... I, I like more of the precision that they had on, on Staying Class and Sin After Sin. Uh, those just felt more complete, even though, you know, there's experimentation on those albums as well. Uh, I just thought they were more concise and, you know, and there's more songs on this album than on those. Uh, but uh, But in a way, I like the way that it leaves you with that feeling like you want more. Either you want to restart this album or you want to listen to more Judas Priest So in that way, it's very effective yeah. So, I dig it What do you think, Ralph?
2: Fuck yeah, I love this one too Great ending You uh, turn and face each other Your fingers pull my hair He can't sing that now though. Well, unless, he <laughs> sa- unless he changes it to your, My fingers pull your pubes
3: But <laughs>
2: man, this song is awesome This is uh, part one to Pain and Pleasure From Scream mm. for Vengeance mm. It's the uh, same kind of uh, you know, it's an s you know, Dom, uh, submissive song, and uh, it's fucking awesome, and it's so menacing. The 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 chorus, you give me, evil. <laughs> I wanna get inside your mind. You could just feel this guy's fucking perverted as fuck. Way <laughs> more perverted than me because I've never sucked a cock, <laughs> but but yeah, that's that 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 outdoes me, and I'm one sick fuck. But, uh, oh, man, I'll show you evil you can't hide. That's so awesome. And that is, like, dude, I mean, you can interpret this because Rob Hoffman's gay, but, dude, this shit's pure heterosexual, too. Sure, It's like, sure. Every, all these lyrics is, like, dude, you can interpret this to a chick as well as a guy if you're gay. I mean, you know, the whole, you know, dumb Because, you know, there was a short while. I got bored of it. Uh, I was a dom A dom for a little while Back in 2006 7 I got into the whole This was back in the uh, MySpace days See (laughs) MySpace was better than Facebook In one way You had these groups Where the groups now Are just too I don't know Cluttered Where back then It was a little more personal And I found like this dom girl I mean sub girl In Texas And all I did This is all I said I said to her You're gonna be mine you're going to be my property. And then she said, "Yes, master." And then I wrote my number down to call it. She called it, and I said, "You're going to get a plane ticket." She was in my house less than a week later. And uh, you know, <laughs> and 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 I'm telling you, this is uh this is definitely like, you know, the the, the attitude to have as a dominatrix. Like, you got to fucking talk this way to chicks, you know. It's like, "You know, I own you. I know what's right. You're nothing." But after a while of her saying, what do you want me to do now, master? I got really sick of being a doll. You know, I was like, oh, God, shut up. You know?
1: You're so needy. I know.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. At the point, I was like, I miss a girl that's like a little bitchy now, you know?
0: I I, I got in trouble on American Online. Uh, (laughs) I I stayed at a buddy's house. He had internet, you know, and a computer way before I did. And he's... Like, oh, man, you got to see that they got weird groups on. And I crashed in his house one night in his guest room where the computer was. So I got in there, man. I'm getting in all these fucking, like, sex groups and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is so cool. I'm talking to this chick, you know. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden this guy gets on there and says, hey, uh, be respectful to my wife. We're swingers, but talk to her with respect. And I was like, "Whoa, well, where'd this come from? <laughs> you know, where'd this guy show I go, hey, you shut the fuck up or I'm going to fuck you in the ass next, motherfucker. You know? And, yeah, they ended up leaving. So then, like, fast forward, like, two weeks later, my buddy shows up to work. He goes, hey, did you tell somebody, some guy to shut the fuck up or you're going to fuck him in the ass next? I was like, what? What? uh no. <laughs> No, must be some other guy. He goes no, he goes. I got a letter from America Online. They put a fucking complaint up, and, and, and they they had typed out what I said. I was like, oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry.
3: <laughs>
0: like he wasn't supposed to be there. I was <laughs> talking to her.
1: Fucking did, weirdos. They sent him. A, did they send him like a snail mail letter? Like that was that old <laughs> back then, or was it in the email? I, <laughs>
0: No, I, I, I don't know if he got an email. I think it was like a letter. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, but, but like he said exactly what I said, and I knew I was busted right away. I tried playing dumb for like two seconds, like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah that was me. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> the transcript. No, it, 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 was, it was so bad, too, because I crashed in his place. I, I think uh, we were on a bowling league, and I went there after work, and, you know, he showed me the computer dude I stayed up all fucking night all fucking night talking to like what I thought were chicks online (laughs) you know it's probably Andrew Jacobs of course but But I'm sitting there it's like 5 o'clock in the morning I'm like oh my god I gotta go to sleep but no oh my god you can type on the computer and talk to chicks who are like perverted and yeah I went to work the next day with, with zero sleep and I was so like just into fucking kinky shit I wasn't really gonna fuck the guy in the ass
1: but I told him I was (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, so uh, evil fantasies. Ralph mentioned it. You know, the, Halford's great at these types of songs. Pain and pleasure, great call. Raw deal. You know, movie. You know, uh, songs like this. Uh, but again, I I'm with Ian. This is a really weird way to end the album. I, I think it's a filler track. I think it would have been better to end side one this way and then have take on the world end the album. Uh, I enjoy. I really do enjoy Rob's uh, singing on this he kind of plays around with his vocals on this one um, but this is my probably my least favorite song and I don't hate it but I just it's it's not my favorite and uh, yeah I, I I do enjoy the breakdown in this track I think it's kind of simple but it it works well for me um, but again I would have switched the order of how this how this uh, ends maybe even have before the dawn end the album I don't know but yeah right on. Two,
0: all right well there you go that is judas priest killing machine slash hell bent for leather released in october 1978 in the uk and february 1979 in the u.s this album did go gold eventually which is cool that gives me hope <laughs> that at least 500,000 people bought this album and said cool you know and hopefully they checked out many more judas priest albums yeah. and uh Dude, I I thank you for picking this one. Like I said, it's probably right there with Rock and Rolla as my least favorite of the 70s albums. But Hmm. I I still love it and uh, appreciate its importance in the catalog because I I definitely, like I said earlier, think it's a precursor to what they would do more successfully
1: with British Steel. So, yeah, there there you go. Do you guys have the remasters with the, the bonus track on or the bonus tracks? yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really wish they hadn't done that. They should just release a separate album of of those tracks because they yeah. really don't fit the vibe at all.
0: Yeah. No, I I hate how it's from different eras. Yeah. I, I, that that was the stupidest fucking thing. I mean, I get kind of in one way, I get what they're doing is kind of like you have to complete the collection to get sure. them all, kind of thing. You know, weirdness. But because I've got, I bought, uh, I think three of them came together and you got a box that all of the uh, the remasters would fit in. And when you put them all together, if you turn the CDs one way, it would make the, like, Hellion symbol and shit. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got that, too.
1: Yeah. But but I, I never got around to buying them all. <laughs> but I, st- <laughs> I still got the box. But, That's like uh, uh, Maiden had one where you can kind of see Eddie. I think it's the original Iron Maiden cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got I got a couple of those, too. Yeah. The,
0: they, they, they all came with a bonus disc and had... Yep. CD-ROM shit on it and stuff. (laughs) So dated. Yeah, 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 the fucking 90s, CD-ROM. But yeah, man, it's a great one, man, and a great pick, man, so thank you for picking it. No problem, no problem. All right. well now it's time to go into Pick
1: of the Week. And Brian, you are a special guest, so what is your Pick of the Week? So I'm actually going to go with a DVD and uh, it's from 2005 and it is Judas Priest, Rising in the East. Love it! Yes, this my absolute favorite live priest DVD. I, I do enjoy the Nashville show from 82, but uh, to me, this is the one to get. Uh, you have a fabulous track list, 23 songs over two hours. You get great stuff from of Retribution. It was around that, that tour, that era. You get Worth Fighting For, Deal With The Devil, Hellrider, great stuff. But you also get Rarities, Hot Rockins on there, I'm a Rocker, Exciter, and this is also the first time you get to hear painkiller material on an official uh, Rob Halford live release with Judas Priest so hearing you know a touch of evil or even a song painkiller the total treat at the time production's great the video quality's great uh, it's it's funny to see like the, the fans in Japan they, they don't go absolutely ape shit like they do in other parts right. of the world but no it, it's a really well done DVD that, so that's definitely my, my pick of the week Rising in the East
0: fucking A right Ralph you got one? no. <laughs> Alright, well, I'll go. I have two, actually. Uh, and they're both Judas Priest. Uh, first one, I gotta keep stressing to people, is Firepower. Mm. Uh, if you haven't got it yet, what is your fucking problem? Uh, it, it's, it's fucking amazing. And on my show, my radio show, I always play Judas Priest every fucking week. But I've been alternating a lot, because of course, yeah, you want to play some old classic shit, like this last week I played Desert Plains, and people loved it, but before that, you know, it was Spectre, and a week before that, it was uh, No Surrender. Uh, yeah, I want to keep this album alive in people's memories, because it's, it's real easy, especially nowadays when a classic band puts out an album, everybody, you know, first week buyer is like, yeah, 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 and then you forget it, and you go back to the old shit that you know and love. But this is a modern fucking classic. Yep. And, uh, and and definitely you know you old judas priest fans who don't keep up with the new shit go go out and get this because you won't be disappointed you will love it there's something for everybody on this album because it keeps with that priest tradition there is different styles on this Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's a very modern sound record but that's not in a bad way you know it doesn't sound like new metal judas priest you know it just sounds you know new newer production and and sounds great the songwriting is phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, a huge step up from Redeemer of Souls, which I liked as well. But this, this to me, is, is more on par with classic. Classic Priest. And if this is her swan song, then, hey, it's a hell of a way to go out. They're saying it's not. They're saying good. there there could be more. Uh, but I think they, they set the bar pretty high. So if you're going to do another one, just keep in mind, man, this is a hell of a fucking album to follow up, man. Yeah. Uh, it's,
1: it's it's a great one. And definitely but check out the episode you no. guys did. Definitely check out the episode you guys did. It was thank tremendous. You. Yeah, and it was, it was literally your first impression because I think it was oh, yeah. a couple days after. Tremendous. Great episode. Oh, yeah.
0: Thank you. Uh, and my second pick of the week would be something uh, Brian talked about earlier in the episode is the Metalworks CD, yeah. which it's a damn shame because there, there was also a great VHS that was released at the yes. same time. I have that, it. Yeah, I have it as well, So, and I, I'm sure Ralph has Uh So far has not been released on DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, I hope they correct that in the future. I hope they put something out and that's like a bonus uh, because they were both great. But what I love about Metalworks is where most greatest hits compilation are straight up, it's just the singles. Just what was released as the singles. They mixed it up real nice and they went deep and, uh, you know, there's deep tracks on there, shit that was never a single and it turned me on to, like, so much shit that either I didn't have yet or that I overlooked. Exactly. Uh, you know, when I was initially into, uh, into Priest. I mean, shit like uh, you know, The, the Rage. Yes. You know, it is something, even though I had British Steel, I think when I first got it, you know, I just kept like, you know, this is back in the cassette days where I'm listening to side one over and over again, you know, and, and, uh, you know, not listening to it as a whole where, you know, listening to it on that compilation made me go back stuff like, you know, when the night comes down and shit, you know, made me go back to fucking defenders.
1: Yeah. Dissident aggressors on there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you
0: know, that's one of those things. Like, just disaggress- at that time, I, I more aligned that with Slayer, right? Because you know, I was listening to a lot of South of Heaven. You know, but that made me go back and listen to, to Sin after Sin again. So, I, I wish more bands would do something like that with a with a compilation than just straight up the singles that you've already heard on the fucking radio or on MTV. You know, if you're that old of a band, <laughs> that that applies to. Uh, Because a lot of times, greatest hits are kind of like, eh. You know, normally they throw on, you know, it's either straight up the singles or they add two new tracks that, you know, are horrible, usually. You know, they're throwaways. This is something that just dug deep and gave you a better overall appreciation for the band. And and I always loved that and found it very unique in a compilation. Uh, So if there's anybody like you're new to Judas Priest uh check that that would be the the, to me in my opinion the greatest compilation of priest to get would be uh metalworks it's
1: yeah absolutely phenomenal totally agree that's and as i said in the beginning that's what that was my intro to priest and i'm i've been a fan for life ever since Yep.
0: right on well ralph uh did you think of something kiss (laughs) oh my god oh my god they're so good they're so good
2: My pick of the week is a 70s porn movie called Teenage Rape. (laughs) It stars Rob Halford fucking four chicks at the same time. That is actually true, but I've never seen it. So that can't be my pick of the week. I just wanted to throw that in there. I should throw that into every single Judas Priest review we ever do. Rob (laughs) Halford in the 70s did a porno movie called Teenage Rape where he fucked four girls at the same time. I have proof of this from an old circus magazine. I actually scanned it and it's in my computer so I can show it to everybody. But my, okay, my real pick of the week because I've never seen that one but goddamn if I ever saw it, it definitely would be my pick of the week (laughs) because a guy that later is gay or maybe even gay at the same time fucking four chicks at the same time in a movie called Teenage Rape, Damn, that sounds like pick of the week for a year.
0: I just want to find those four girls and go, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did you do nope. to them? Yeah, what you, how bad do you stink? <laughs>
2: you know, <laughs> Raw you deal.
0: So stupid.
2: Four chicks, fucking one guy, they're my goddesses. But my pick of the week, hey, you guys ever seen a movie called Spun? I love it.
0: Rob Hofford's yeah.
2: in it. Rob Hofford does a cameo in it. It's with uh Mickey Rourke, right? and Britney yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Um I haven't seen it in a long time cuz I rent and the funny thing I rented it on Netflix, not knowing what the fuck it was. And I was like, "Holy shit, there's Rob offered." Uh yeah, I got to see it again though, you know. I, re- I, I even forgot the plot, but I do remember Well, it's ba- it, it, it revolves, revolves around,
0: around crystal meth. <laughs> it's it's all about people hooked on crystal meth and uh kind of a a pretty interesting and uh From what I've seen amongst uh, meth users, pretty accurate description (laughs) of what it's like. Yeah, Mickey Rourke is incredible as a cook in it.
2: (laughs) So when you seen meth users do it, was it the time you were looking in the mirror? Yeah, oh you fucking meth head, hey, you're a fucking crystal Methodist.
0: I did it once. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I did it once for three days one for three days yeah What one hit no it's
1: right, kind of well, t- it's kind of telling with this movie because britney murphy's in it and she ended up dying i think kind of like she was on she was addicted to stuff i think at the time so
3: yeah
1: yeah Yeah.
2: but uh yeah i and, and it's funny it's my pick of the week of a movie i don't remember but i do remember enjoying it
3: <laughs> yeah and i
2: actually had to google it right now going what's the movie i saw rob hoffer did a cameo Rob Hoffer cameo in porn theater and it showed up spot yeah yeah, that's it that's the one I saw I saw it years ago on on a rental of Netflix I don't even know how I ended up renting it but I rented it I watched it I was like damn that's a pretty good movie
0: you were probably on a meth binge for like three days (laughs) that's why you don't remember
2: yeah but uh, but I only did it once in three
3: days (laughs)
2: But uh, yeah, that's my pick of the week. Spun, nice. starring Mickey Rourke and Brittany Murphy, and a cameo by Rob Hall. Before Rob gets beat up, uh-huh. I remember that part. That's not. Right. Was it Mickey Rourke that beat him up? Yeah, he I
3: think
1: I think it was. Did you see it? Um, a long time ago. I think I saw it right when it came out. So yeah. yeah. 2002. I'm looking at here. Yeah. Yep.
2: Long time ago. I saw it like maybe. Six years ago, I saw it at my job. I used to take my Netflix to my job.
3: Oh, cool! But,
2: yeah, it, it was probably you know six, seven years ago,
3: and
2: I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, <laughs> there's Rob Halford.
1: I still have my my tangible, my physical disc with Netflix because they have a better selection if you do it that way. Because still... I still,
2: me too. I yeah. still, I still rent from Netflix.
1: Yep. Um,
2: I have a. What do I, I, forgot what my, I haven't even opened it yet. I'm looking at my Netflix right now. I haven't opened it yet.
1: Yeah, Ian, uh, rec- Ian recommended it. I think it was Hollywood Nights, and I hadn't seen it. Oh, So oh good. Yeah. I'm so glad. It's basically Porky's Meets uh, American Graffiti. Oh, yeah. I think
2: I've seen that. That's an 80s movie, right? Yeah, like
1: 1980. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. What, yeah. I don't remember it, but I did see it. I do remember around the same time as Young Doctors in Love. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and
1: <laughs> check oh, and was, hide together again. I was meaning to tell guys, check out Carl Gottlieb who wrote the first three Jaws movies. He was on Gilbert Gottfried. Amazing. I listened to it because uh, yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, I listened to it on the plane to San Francisco. Oh, nice. It was, yeah, it was great. It was really good. It was fun
3: listening. That's a great story. podcast.
2: It is. They're Gilbert so Gottfried's podcast. And I, and I ended up uh, downloading a couple other, I saw other guests, and I can't remember what what they were. Um, I was like, oh, look at this podcast, Gilbert Scott. So I, I listened to that whole episode on the way to California.
1: Yeah, that guy was great. You ever listen
2: to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, uh, Ian? Not yet, but I love
1: Gilbert Gottfried.
2: He's fucking, it's fucking great. He's not, I mean, he doesn't act like Gilbert Gottfried, but boy, he laughs a lot like Gilbert Gottfried during those podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: Fucking good shit. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Ian, so long. Uh... All right. All right. Well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week. And, of course, Fan of the Week is with us, Mr. Brian Davis. Holy shit. Uh, you've been around for a long time now, brother. You donated last year. This year you donated three fucking times. And not only is that badass enough... You are actually making it to the Expo this year. So we finally get to hang out and meet. I'm very excited. Uh, And you yourself have your own incredible podcast. For those of you who don't know, Damn Good Movie Memories. We've been on there multiple times. We're going to be on there again in the future. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you you know, Ralph and I uh, will be the first to admit, besides music, movies are our other great passion. Both Ralph and I are very... Into movies, so if you like that shit, you're gonna love this. I just wish, uh, you know, Hollywood would make some better movies so he has more to talk about because (laughs) now I see all the soundtrack episodes you're doing, and it's not gonna be too long that you're gonna be
1: doing the Goonies soundtrack because Hollywood's putting out (laughs) shit movies. It's true, but I do have a plan. The plan will be I'm just gonna go one by one through all my DVDs. So there's at least a thousand movies. So there's ten years or more right there. So we'll just do uh, one, we'll pick one movie and just we'll talk about it. Well, that's 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 good to hear, man. Because yeah. I really do
0: enjoy your show. You Thank have a great passion, and I like that you pick something. Uh, you know, there's so many goddamn music podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and none of them are as good as ours. I absolutely. So you, know. you you made the smart choice. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna pick a whole nother genre. I'm gonna do movies, and I'm gonna do the shit out of it.
3: Yeah.
1: And,
0: that, and that's what you do, and I believe you're coming up on your 100th episode, huh?
1: Yeah, and so, actually, coincidentally, it's going to be the same week that we're all going to Nashville, so that's when we'll publish, and uh, the topic is going to be, you had to pick one, only one, all-time favorite movie. And so I want to ask you guys, I think I know Ralph's, what Ralph's is, but what is your one all-time favorite movie, if you had to pick one? Oh, man,
0: that's... uh. That's, that's a that's a tough one uh it really is cause there's like three I could think of that are kinda like I don't separate but if I gotta be honest and and, and the movie I've watched the most I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tie with Ralph. it's gonna be Jaws yeah it's gonna be Absolutely. Jaws but I uh, if you're curious the you know the top three are uh yeah Jaws Godfather and Apocalypse Now yeah uh you know, and and those are all movies I absolutely love, you know, no like The Back of My Hand. But I don't think there's any movie that, that's had the impact that Jaws has had. Well, oh, uh,
2: there is one.
0: Yeah, uh, well, Kiss Meets a Fan of the Fire. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, but, uh,. But no, no, Jaws. It's just a a phenomenon. It 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 scared the shit out of me. It excited me. Uh, I mean, it's just it's a masterpiece of storytelling. Uh, It's the the
2: way the way he builds up the characters. You really care about all three of those fuckers. Yeah,
0: right. You really do. You know. Well, Well, that's the thing. It kind of it invented the summer blockbuster. But the thing is, like summer blockbusters now are so disposable and so interchangeable yep. and and we live in an era where uh like fucking 5 movies out of 10 release are all fucking superhero movies and shit like that it did it, it was a movie that had a story but yet it's it's a popcorn movie as well but yeah it, it very smartly written and uh you know a lot of that you got to attribute to to Spielberg because what he took from the novel, he changed it quite a bit, but he kept the essence and made uh, even characters that are in the book that weren't likable. Uh, he, he made them likable, made you care about it, and uh, it's it's just a masterpiece. And, the movie destroys the book
2: badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the shark dies because of the barrels;
3: he drowns.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: you know. But then there's you know Hooper fucking Brody's wife. That's pretty cool. Yeah, a- and the mob connection. Right. You know, it, you know, but, but other than that, I mean, the, the movie is like, it cut out all that shit and, and invented some new shit. It's just such a well done, it's, dude, it's not like, you know, yeah, it's a scary movie and all that shit, but it's it's just the story of it, the, the characters, uh, uh, and you really get involved it, in, it, that, in that in fucking movie,
0: man. And, and Spielberg at its finest, where now, uh, you know, there he had the perfect blend of a popcorn movie. But making you know, something epic at the same time, whereas now it seems like Spielberg can only do one or the other. Like yeah. to me, he only exceeds now when he does dramas and period pieces. I, I feel like it's real you know, art, you know, and then he does his fluff movies. You know, where Jaws was the perfect mixture of of a popcorn movie and telling an, an amazing story. You know, like like nowadays you either get Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, or you get Ready Player One, which yes. is, just, you know, you know yeah. it wasn't that bad of a movie, but you know what I mean? It's very, you, you watch it, you forget about it. You know, yeah. it doesn't have the impact of when he was doing like Close Encounters, Jaws, you know. Exactly. Shit like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you, you know. Uh, I, I think he's kind of lost his way, or, or he can't find a good mix, you know, but so many great directors. Uh, you know, have lost her. Like, what the fuck ever happened to Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah. You know, was so phenomenal in, in the 70s and then really went to shit in the 80s and, and, and now is just non-existent. Yep, you know? George Lucas, and, yep. And, and, yeah, George Lucas as well. Uh, Scorsese I still love, but yep. uh, again, you get different shit with him. Sometimes it's brilliant, sometimes it's like, eh.
1: I think you know? for the most part, Clint Eastwood's been pretty good all the way through. Oh, yeah. Grant
2: Torino's awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. yep.
2: I love that movie, dude. It's sad, and, but it's awesome.
1: Yeah, American Sniper. It's great. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah, I saw that one, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I like Pri- Saving Private Ryan. I, I like that
0: one.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I didn't like the porn version, Saving uh, Pri- uh Ryan's, Ryan's Private. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: that was, that <laughs> or shaving, good. shaving Private Hyman. Yep.
3: <laughs>
1: no, so we, gonna, good. we should do an episode just on uh, the porn names for, for popular movies that would be a great episode
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll never
0: forget there was a video store uh, when I was growing up that I could call and you could call and reserve movies <laughs> and and my grandma would go and pick them up like after work like I would call and tell them the titles I want when she got off work she'd go pick them up and I called it <laughs> And I, I would do pornos too, and she wouldn't know anything. She would just pick them up; they'd have them ready. <laughs> but I couldn't stop laughing because I requested the Sperminator. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like fucking 13 years old, trying not to laugh. You know, when I'm calling in, it's like, yeah, uh, uh, give me Goonies, No Retreat, No Surrender, and uh, the Sperminator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know.
1: I remember my parents had one of these. It was like a yeah, physical list of all the movies our local video store had and then you get to the x-rated section I remember looking through it I'm like dad what is Beverly Hills Cox and what is uh, three men and a Barbie he's like okay you, you can't look at that side so <laughs> stuff but yeah they're so good
2: Rambone Rambo.
1: <laughs> yep. he's
0: like the answer is movies your mother was in Yeah. <laughs> she
3: was <laughs> a Rambone too mama that's right <laughs> that's
2: why she took two Rambones <laughs> Ian's, was, Ian was, Ian's mom was in Rambone 3. <laughs> all, hill, all holes filled.
3: Yeah.
0: Rambone 3, back in training. Yeah. My, my this, mom was
2: so jealous of your mom at that
1: time. The search for the colon. Yeah. She
2: tried. She tried. She tried for the role, but, man, uh, Ian's mom is, is, the, is the master of pig roast.
0: Control. Yeah. They fought a lot back then. They had to put them on separate corners. <laughs> they they're going to fight yeah. Well but, definitely you know, yeah.
2: Lucky lucky for Ian's mom, Andrew Jacob's wife didn't fucking apply for it. <laughs> yeah. Because she's a fucking
0: whore. <laughs> and not much to look at either.
3: <laughs> well, okay. I don't look at it. <laughs>
1: well if you haven't heard it definitely check out the damn good movie uh, memories episode that uh, Ralph and Ian are on we cover all movies from 1975 to 1979 it, it is an excellent episode a lot of fun to do so please check it out and again thank you guys so much for having me on
3: and, oh.
2: and check, out, check out the latest one uh, Rocky soundtrack well this may be much more in the future we might have more episodes up but... yeah that one was a really good one. I really dug it. Thank you. I really you. dig that. I really dig that, that soundtrack too, you know? Yeah, it's, it's all part of, my, part of my youth. Yeah, it's part of my youth. Yeah, Bill Conti. Yeah, yeah,
1: brilliant. Good
0: shit. Good shit. Hey. Yeah, and, and I like the ones where you have your mom on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Night Fever was a great one.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. We, just did, uh, we did the jazz singer with Neil Diamond because we, I was. <laughs> my parents got me into Neil Diamond when I was really little, and uh, she still has it on vinyl, so that was a lot of fun to do that one. The movie's terrible. The, if you like Neil Diamond, the, the soundtrack's great, but it was fun to talk to her. She really enjoys it, and she loves that her one of her favorite fans is Dr. Fuck. She cracks up every time. Oh Hell Yeah! <laughs> I was just happy to hear, like,
0: I, I, I've never heard your mom's voice before, because every time she comes over, I make her wear a ball gag. <laughs>
1: so. This is why Dr. Fuck is her favorite guest. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't make her wear a ball gag. That's gag. right. I just make her gag a different
1: way. <laughs> 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 oh, my God.
2: Oh, my God, oh, Keith.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I sex.
1: just
2: can't pretend no more. I've been running out of lies. <laughs>
0: Loving you is killing me inside. Oh my god! Oh my god, I finally found my way to you. It oh my shady. god, it's a great song. That, 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 Shandy, bro. <laughs> this unmasked. is the kiss.
2: Oh my god. This... this
0: is the kiss episode everyone wanted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you should do Kiss Ballads from Detroit Rock City. That would be a great episode. <laughs>
2: Oh my
3: god, what was the name of that fucking song? I finally I found a, my way to you. Yeah, the no, Diane god, Warren the, song. Oh, I thought
2: that was what was the Peter Chris song? I get them confused. Yeah, that's it.
3: Or, or no? Or no? No,
2: but, but he, he, they did one that was a ripoff of Aerosmith. Uh, yeah, Diane, a Diane Warren song. The same
1: uh, uh, woman that wrote it, Diane Warren. Oh, that's yeah. right. It was a. What, what the fuck was
0: that one? That or, uh, yeah, Paul Stanley sang that one. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Actually,
1: oh my god! She, oh my god! She, she, didn't she write um? A reason to live?
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. She was a co-writer on that.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: All right. All All right, right. all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, enough (laughs) of this shit. Let's get to the plugs. Earpeeler, the
2: podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about.
1: Listen to the Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the Ws, Gully G U L L Y A N D J O E dot U
2: K, eight p.m. UK time, three p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully
1: and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terence Reardon of the Terence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I. Look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube.
0: Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn
1: it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean. At damn at memories.podbean.com. From New York
3: Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers?
1: From North Carolina Skitter Pal Meow Meow
3: This is Bushy and the Mountain
1: Man Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man You can find us on Hotbean and iTunes. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, everybody. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you
3: love this.
1: Then you'll love us.
0: That's right, brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else i deem necessary wadzilla world only on cranium radio 10 a.m central standard time to 3 p.m central standard time be here or be a bitch
2: hey there it's dr. fuck giving you the dr. fuck show id that's right the dr. fuck show airing here every thursday night at 8 p.m eastern time Come in and join the chat room. It's always a great, crazy time. That's right, I've been doing this for years on that metal station, and you will love it. Nobody hates the Dr. Fuck show. And what I mean by that is if you hate the Dr. Fuck show, you're a nobody.
3: All
0: right, well, if you enjoyed this Kistastic Judas Priest episode, Come back next week. When chances are, it's fucking Brian Davis again because he pays a lot of money to be on this fucking show.
1: Yeah. Like oh, my you all should.
0: oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Brian Davis.
1: Dun, 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 dun.
0: <laughs> Come back next week. Maybe he'll bring his mother, <laughs> and hopefully the ball gag. She pays too. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Keith. Oh my god.